This is Made to Conquer, a podcast designed to inspire you to have a deep relationship with Jesus. Jesus told us to make every effort to enter through the narrow door so that when we stand before him, we hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hello, everyone. This is Tiana Showey, and welcome to the podcast Made to Conquer. Thank you guys again for being here. It means so much to me that you tune in. I say this every week, but I, ha- I, it, it's so true. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so humbled by, by how the Lord is using me, and it keeps me humble because the the one thing I fear more than anything is that I lose sight of him or that I do this in my own strength instead of the strength and power of the Holy Spirit. This has been one challenging week. Oh my gosh. I have endured so many tough things. And the icing on the cake is that this is actually the second time I'm recording this podcast because the first time I hit the record button, but apparently I didn't double check to make sure it was recording. So I got done just spending an hour talking to myself. And that's about part and parcel for this week. This week has felt like a train wreck in many ways. But you know, what's beautiful about God is it's not about how we feel that matters. It's about keeping our eyes on Jesus. So this is take two. (laughs) Hopefully, it'll be better than take one. (laughs) Oh, I just, I got to laugh a little bit. But I try to keep it real with you guys on here. Because I'm a human being and God chooses to use humans to share his word. I don't know why some days, (laughs) some days I want to say, knock, 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 anybody home? You you do recognize how fallible we are, right? (laughs) Of course he does. I think uh, David felt that way in Psalm 8 when he says this, he says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens through the praise of children and infants. You have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe in the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands, and you put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, and the fish of the sea, all that swim in the paths of the sea. Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. But part of the reason why I just want to be just genuine and authentic with you guys, because sometimes being a Christian is hard. (laughs) We are called over and over again to overcome, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about overcoming. We're going to talk about staying strong when the world is pushing us in so many different directions. And this week, this week I have had to stay strong through things that have been extraordinarily challenging. The enemy wants me to stop. He doesn't want me to make this podcast. He wants me to stop making TikTok videos. He has intimidated me. He has threatened me. He has done everything he possibly can. But we are called to overcome. We are called to continue to persevere when things get rough. We do not belong to this world. We are not of this world. And so it it we're not going to fit in. Things are not always going to seem like they're working out for us. 
You know, it's interesting because it can be really easy to be discouraged as a Christian if we look at the world through, or if we look at our life through the world's value system. You know, the world's value system, and I've talked about this before in, in a podcast about God's values, you know, looks at power, prestige, honor, fame, fortune. God looks at the exact opposite. He looks at the heart. He says, I use the weak and the foolish things of the world. And we see stories in the Bible, like the book of Acts, where Stephen is stoned. And it said that there was great persecution that broke out amongst the believers. But everywhere they went, they started spreading the gospel. And so God uses the stoning of Stephen and the persecution of the church to get his word out. God uses the crucifixion of his son to bring about the redemption of mankind. There are going to be things we face in this life that don't make sense. They're going to hurt a little bit but we have to stay strong. Earlier today, I came across an advertisement for a shoe company that is clearly, clearly using demonic worship and demonic symbolism to advertise their shoes. Because the world is moving in, a, in, a, in the wrong direction at a rapid pace. I am encouraging people to stop just blindly following the way of the world and to start praying about things and seeking God's wisdom in things. I am concerned with how many Christians I see that just blindly follow the way of the world and they're not questioning anything because it seems like collective wisdom. But here's the thing that we need to understand about God's kingdom. There is no gray in God's kingdom. There is, you are with Jesus You are filled with his spirit under his lordship, or you are against him. He says, if you are not for me, you are against me. And when you are against him, you are under the influence of the devil. One of the things that the enemy has been very good at convincing people is that there's just kind of this gray neutral zone. The way that the world thinks about it is there's the religious people, there's the Satanist, and then there's those of us who are good kind of in the middle. There's this neutral zone. There's no neutral zone in God's kingdom. There's no neutral zone in the Bible. You're either saved or you're not. You're covered by the blood of the lamb or you're not. The the blood of the Passover lamb is over your doorstep or it's not. There is no, I just want to play Switzerland in this. There's no neutral zone in God's kingdom. And so for people who are not under the lordship of Jesus, they are under the influence of the enemy. And as Christians, we have to be wise and discerning. We have to be aware and alert as to what's going on. and. The fact that I have gotten so much persecution over telling people that when it comes to things like, for example, this, the vaccine that, that the world is pushing, we should stop and pray. Because anytime I see something that, that the world who is under the influence of Satan is promulgating and promulgating and pushing and pushing and pushing, every Christian should stop and go, whoa, let's check in with the father before we jump on this boat. Now, I'm not trying to tell you whether the vaccines are good or is good or bad. But what I'm trying to tell you is you should be praying about these things when we are literally ostracizing members of society and ridiculing them. And Satan is promoting and promoting and promoting this vaccine as a Christian. Our first instinct should be, whoa, I need to pray. I need to seek God's wisdom about this. We should be taking everything before the throne. We do not belong to this world. We belong to a heavenly kingdom. 
And we have a responsibility to be good stewards with what God has given us. And that means going up to our commander and saying, Father, you've made me a steward of these children, of, of, of the influence I have at work, of my life, of my finances. Please show me how to be a good steward of what you've given me. And I worry when I see how many Christians just follow the world without stopping and questioning and making sure it's the right thing to do. It scares me. Because the Bible tells us, Jesus says, he says, when Satan lies, he speaks his native language because he is the father of lies. And the book of Revelation tells us over and over again that it is through deception that the beast and his servants will win the world over. Satan has always worked through deception. Hey, Eve, did God really say? Twisting God's word, manipulating This is why God gave us his Holy Spirit, gave us his word. So we have a measure to go back and say, Father, I need you to help me with this one. I need your wisdom. I pray about everything, everything, because I want to make sure that I am not leaning into the foolishness of this world, but the wisdom of God. And when we decide to reject the world, when we, when we hear from the Holy Spirit, when God's word tells us this is the way that it is, and it, and it is contrary to the world, we will be persecuted. We are going to face persecution. We are going to face trials. There is a cost associated with following Jesus, but the cost associated with not following him is much greater. So the reason that I... I'm so passionate right now is because I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to stay strong, to not fall to the way and the foolishness of this world, to stick to biblical wisdom, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to not give in, not not fall to the wayside, not cave in, but stay strong and victorious in Jesus because it is worth what it is going to cost us. But I want to be painfully clear, it is going to cost us something. I think this week was the beginning of what we are going to see on a much broader range throughout the world against God. There is going to, there is a war that is occurring in the world right now, and the battle is intensifying. And every spirit-filled Christian knows this. We are all sensing this. Every single one that I talk to, we are going, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit is warning me, preparing me, strengthening me. And that is why I want to share this podcast with you. I want to strengthen you, encourage you, prepare you, help you to understand that in this world, you will have many troubles, but I have overcome the world. We are in a battle. Paul says it like this in the book of Ephesians, chapter six. Sorry, got to get there. I had all my markers in place for when I did it the first time, and then I tear them out as I go through. (laughs) Now I just have to flip and find it. (laughs) Alrighty. In Ephesians chapter six, verse 12, Paul says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are in a battle. And we are not going to get by with lukewarm Christianity, Sunday Christianity, and faith without being deeply rooted in God's word, filled with his Holy Spirit, and seeking Jesus every single day like our life depends upon it because it does. I want to encourage you guys to stay strong and stay in the fight because the days are becoming increasingly evil. 
This is a real battle, you guys. And we have a responsibility to stay strong and to keep our eyes on Jesus through this battle. It's going to be hard sometimes. But God has given us everything we need to overcome. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to dive into God's word. We're going to see what Jesus tells us. And we're going to walk away from this, remembering exactly what the name of this podcast is, that we were made to conquer. When things get tough, when they don't feel good, when people reject us, when, when we are falsely persecuted, when Satan and his angels want to come against us, we stand strong in Jesus. And so let's, let's get into God's word. But first, let's pray. Heavenly Father, <laughs> I love you. Thank you for letting me do this a second time. No, but God, you're good. And nothing with you is a mistake. And I love that, Lord. I love that we can just rest in your perfection, not ours. I love that we can rest, Jesus, in the gift of the Holy Spirit, the ability to just trust you through all of this. Father, I love your word that you've given us a light to light our path, manna from heaven to sustain us and to give us strength and wisdom. So, Father, we just come before you right now, and I just ask for anything, anything that would prevent us from hearing your word to be cleared, cleared from our environment, cleared from our minds, cleared from our hearts, Lord. Holy Spirit, may you speak. May this be your time, your word, and may you make fertile soil of our minds and hearts. Give us ears to hear. Father, we just, we want to, we want to get to the other side of this and hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. And Lord, we know that that is only going to be through you and by the power of your Holy Spirit that we will be, be conquerors. So Jesus, we just ask that you would leave this time and be with us. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. All right. So Luke chapter nine, verse 57 As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. When we decide that we are going to follow Jesus and truly mean it, we cannot put our hand to the plow and look back. It is truly going to cost us everything. But the cost, whatever we pay to follow Jesus on this side of eternity will be far greater what we receive in heaven. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how Jesus talks about rewarding us over and over and over again in scripture. But first, we're going to talk about how tough this is going to be. (laughs) John chapter 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember that I told you a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will also obey yours. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. 
If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks a good bit about this, about how we just aren't going to fit into the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I want to say this again because I was, I was ridiculed as being a fool this week. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. He was pleased for those of us who are willing to be fools for him to to save us. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness holiness, and redemption. God's wisdom is righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so it is with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, but, excuse me, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and pervasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We are not going to fit in. Our wisdom is going to seem like foolishness. But when it's all said and done, God's wisdom will be what shines. One of the Psalms that I often read is Psalm 73, because I, th- I feel like sometimes when we're being persecuted by the world, we forget. Psalm 73 says, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. 
But as for me, my feet had almost slipped and I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Mm, Have you ever done that? Envied the arrogant when you saw the prosperity of the wicked? They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace and they clothe themselves with violence. From their calloused hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. This is so what it's like to live in the world right now, by the way. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how does God know? Does the most high know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain, I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocent. All day long, I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. And then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant, a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand and you guide me with your counsel. And afterwards, you will take me into glory. This is, this is probably my favorite scripture in the Bible. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You will destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge, and I will tell of all of your deeds. We are going to be rejected. We are going to be outcast. We're going to be God's little weirdos. (laughs) We're not going to fit in. We're going to be misunderstood. We're going to be hated. We're going to be persecuted. But we're not living for this world. We're not living for this kingdom. We are living for our real home. I go back to the scripture a lot because I think it's such a powerful scripture in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. After the author has gone through several different heroes of faith, we'll call them. It says in verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I want to talk about, 
want to go through a couple different passages where Jesus talks about our reward. Because we are going to face many trials in this life. We're going to endure much pain, but it's not for nothing. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, Jesus says, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I just feel this sense right now to just remind you to stay the course, stay focused, not to lose sight. Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, Jesus says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. We are called to lose our life. We are called to follow Jesus at every cost. Going back to Hebrews, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32. I love this. And we're going we're gonna to continue to focus on the fact that Jesus is going to reward us for following him. We're going to find our life for following him, for taking up our cross. In verse 32, the writer of the book of Hebrews says, remember those early days after you have received the light, after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation, confiscation, (laughs) confiscation, I don't know why that word can't come out right. (laughs) Confiscation (laughs) of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now going on in chapter 11, that was the end of chapter 10. In verse six, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you see this reward theme coming up and over and over again? Well, now let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 11, and we're going to start in verse 18. This is talking about the seventh trumpet. And the 24 elders who were seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, we give thanks to you, Lord God almighty, the one who is and who was because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and your people who revere your name, both great and small. 
and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Later in the book of Revelation, at the very end, chapter 22, verse 12, Jesus says, Look, I am coming. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In the letters to the churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, Jesus ends each letter after they're all but two, he rebukes. But to each one, he gives, he gives a word to those who overcome. And I want to I read this to you. I know I've done this before, but I think it's so important. We need to remember what we're fighting for. We need to remember why this matters. In chapter two, to the, as Jesus is closing the letter to the church in Ephesus, he says, To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the church in Smyrna, he says, to the the one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. To the church in Pergamum, to the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. To the church in Thyatira, to the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. That one will rule with them an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my father. I will also give that one the morning star. In chapter three, to the church of Sardis, he says, to the one who is victorious, like them, excuse me, the one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. To the church in Philadelphia, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God and the the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name to the church in Laodicea to the one who is victorious. I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Strongly encourage you to read through revelation chapter two and three and ask the Holy spirit to search you and see if any of these things that Jesus rebukes the churches for might be present in your life. Guys, this is worth fighting for. So now the question is, okay, thank you, Tiana, for telling me what it's going to cost and that I should fight for it. How do I do that, right? Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Romans chapter 8. I love this chapter so much because we learn from Paul in this chapter that it is by the, the Spirit of God, God's Holy Spirit, that we walk victoriously, that we overcome, that we achieve everything. Jesus says in John chapter 16, he says in verse seven, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate speaking of the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But but if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in wrong about sin in righteousness and judgment about sin 
because people do not believe in me about righteousness because I'm going to the father where you can see me no longer and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to send to you a gift, the Holy Spirit. And so let's read through Romans chapter eight and then wrap this up. Paul says in Romans chapter eight, verse one, there, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Verse five, those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who led who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you have received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, which we've been talking about, in order that we may also share in his glory. It is by the Spirit and it is by the power of the Spirit that we are going to be victorious, that we are going to not shrink back, but we are going to stand so we just have to be in a place where we are praying, we are reading God's word, we are seeking him, we are asking him to fill us with his Holy Spirit. We are staying connected to the vine. Abide in me and I in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Asking the Lord to lead us, asking him to search us and know us, asking him to be our God and to teach us to follow him. In Ephesians chapter six, I we read from this earlier, but I want to, I want to, Read through this, and then we're going to close up with one final scripture. Paul says in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark 
world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. God's wisdom is truth. With the breastplate of righteousness in place, you are righteous because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, we, we are living out the great commission. Go tell the world about me. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. We are covered because we are, sa- we are saved by the blood of the lamb and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And here's what's interesting about the translation, the word of God. This is the spoken word of God. There's two Greek words for the word of God. And there's one that's logos, logos, which is the written word of God and the power of the spoken word of God. So when John says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, that's the word logos. This is Rima, which is the spoken word of God. When we speak God's truth, his biblical truth, we are engaging in spiritual warfare. We are using the spirit, the sword of the spirit. Verse 18, Paul says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We are to be praying. We are to be in God's word. We are to be covered in the armor of God, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. I lied. We're going to go to one more scripture (laughs) in Hebrews chapter 12. Verse one, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes in Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. And now I want to close with this. And I really mean it this time. (laughs) John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. (laughs) <laughs> I, I love the Bible so much because I love all the stories in the Bible. I, I read all these stories and I think, God, you have created a kingdom of weirdos and I love it. <laughs> I often pray, Father, make me one of your little weirdos. Heck, if I'm going to do this, let's go all in. I want to be so, I want to belong to you with every part of my being, everything. I want to stand out because I belong to you and and because I am a child of God, as we read about in Romans chapter eight. And I, I don't know why I thought like this. I don't know. You read the stories of John the baptizer. He had camel, he wore camel skin and ate locusts. You know, Moses was an old man with a staff. 
he was 80 years old when he went to Pharaoh and led the people through the wilderness. Elijah, the prophet, the wandering prophet. I, I think of all these amazing heroes of our faith and they're all were just a little bit weird. And I love it, right? Weird for God, weird for Jesus. And I was listening to, I just, for whatever reason, decided to go on YouTube and look up a video of Rich Mullins playing his song, Elijah. And I talk about Rich Mullins a lot. He's a, he's a Christian musician that passed away several years ago, but his music is still just some of the most spirit-filled and inspiring music. And I like how Rich kind of talks a little bit before he sings, because he always has really profound things to say. And he, he was starting off his song, Elijah, and he said, yeah, he said, I really like the word of God. And, you know, some people think it's weird how much I love the word of God, but he's like, I like reading characters in the Bible because they're weirdos. And I've often thought I want to be one of God's weirdos. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. <laughs> I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to be one of God's weirdos. Forsake this world. Abandon the world. It's going to disagree with you. It's going to hate you. It's not going to like you. Don't let that get you discouraged. When you have those days when you feel down, when you have those days when the enemy is just kicking you in the pants, get back up. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and pioneer of our faith. Some translations read the author and perfecter, the author and finisher of our faith. Ask the Lord to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Be in his word. Be continually in prayer. He who asks will receive, he who seeks will find, and he who knocks, the door will be open to him. Don't get discouraged. Don't fall prey to the deception of this world. Be filled with God's wisdom, but filled with God's Holy Spirit. Be alert and awake. Do not shrink back. We are living for a different kingdom. Our reward is in a different kingdom. And one day we will sit at the feet of the king and we will get to worship him for all that he has done and all that he's given us. You guys, we, no ear has heard, no eye can, has seen what the Lord has prepared for those who are his. We can't even imagine what is waiting for the, us on the other side of this. Stay strong. Stay strong in the Lord. And be plugged into the vine. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you not only that you save us, but that you give us every means to follow you. And all we need to do is just continue to keep our heart in a place where we are humble before you and obedient to you, listening to you, following you and abiding by the word that you've given us. Lord, keep us, keep us, per keep us to the end. Father, keep us from shrinking back. Lord, help us to become victorious. Holy Spirit, fill us, lead us, guide us, give us ears to hear. Do not allow anything in our lives to keep us from being faithful with what you've asked us to do. Teach us what it means to be your disciple and to take up our cross. Lord, allow us to put our hand to the plow and not look back. Teach us how to keep our eyes on you, Jesus. Search us and know us and see if there's any false way in us, Father. Be our God. So we may be your children. Lord, we love you, and we just ask that you would let our light shine in these times. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are listening right now. Lord, I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come upon them and fill them. Lord, that you would strengthen them and encouragement, encourage them. And however, whatever calling, whatever purpose, whatever gifts you've given them, Lord, that they would be good stewards of what you've given them. Lord, that their light would shine. 
Father, come back soon, please. <laughs> Do not delay. The evil in this world is just getting worse. Lord, we know that you are waiting until all whose names are written in the Lamb Book of Life come to know you. Father, we, I just ask for the evangelists and the rest of my body out there, Lord, that they would be bold in sharing your word and using the sword of the Spirit, Father, so that we can bring all of those who belong to our body into the kingdom, Lord, so you may come. Please do not tarry any longer than necessary. We long for your return. Father, we lift up the evil in this world that is occurring at a rapid pace, Lord, the lies, the deception, the oppression. Father, we just ask that you would place a shield of protection over those that are yours. Lord, we don't want triumph in earthly measure. We want triumph in kingdom measure. Lord, we want to be victorious in the ways that you teach us to be victorious, by being humble, by being servants, by losing our lives. Father, we love you and we thank you that you have created us for such a time as this, that we have been put on this planet for this time and this purpose, Lord, and that through you, by you, we will be victorious. Lord, just keep us from evil. Keep us from turning to the right or to the left and help us keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Well, I'm the only person who can judge if this second taking take was as good as the first. I don't know. I think it was better. <laughs> But thank you guys again for tuning in. It really does mean so much to me. And just stay strong in the Lord. You are my brothers and sisters. We are a body. I do this. I do this only because I want to use the gifts that God has given me to encourage you. Stay the course. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep the full armor of God on. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Made to Conquer. Please be sure to subscribe leave a review, and tell your friends and family, anyone else you think would enjoy joining us on this journey of drawing closer to Jesus.